You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week our team discusses news and events from this past week as well as preview the week ahead. Covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network at LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Speaker, PodBay, and more. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let's bring in the rest of the team. Now this week we are doing things a little bit differently. This is normally the part of the show where I'd be introducing the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. However, I'm going to be jumping ahead to who? Who is it? Well, it's the one and only Brendan Barr. Hey, hey, what's up? Yes, Brendan, how's it going? Uh, well, you know, good as can be. We've got, uh, you know, it's a Good luck to to Dusty. I know he's uh, he's going to be listening in, so just get it out of the way right now. We miss you already, buddy. But uh, we told you, yes. take care of yourself. So yes, Dusty you know. is out sick today. He is not going to be joining us on this week's episode of the podcast. So we spend uh, we uh, we are wishing Dusty Murphy a quick recovery. Uh, we hope to have him back soon, Brandon Barn. Well, we're going to be uh, guiding the ship for this week's episode, uh, so make sure you just, just hold on tight. Uh, we still got a lot of news to cover um, from the holiday break and more. Uh, we did have our episode drop a little bit later last week than we intended, but we got you back, and that's just the way things go in the holiday season. Uh, you know, th- schedules get busy, things happen, and so uh, we were a little delayed, but we are back because, man, oh, man, we got a lot of news to cover as we go into, really, man, the first week of December. I can't believe we're here. Whew. This year went by a lot faster than last year. Yes, this year went by a lot faster. <laughs> I guess thank, thank the, the Lord about that because... Last year felt like an eternity plus, and this year has just flown by so, so fast. We're here in the very first week of December. Soon enough is going to be the end of the year, and we are going to be doing our end-of-year awards, second annual. So stay tuned for more information on that. We will be recording that and getting that posted a little bit later on this month. But until then, we're going to hit you with the news that's happening right now. Heck so, yeah. Brendan, let's go ahead and kick it off with the road back to shows. Yeah, we Okay, so uh, 
I have classically been updating us on the status of Mexico and Mexico City as far as their COVID stuff. Uh, the past few weeks, they haven't really been updating, so we're just going to move right into the, the rest of the news. Uh, Mexico City is doing what Mexico City is doing. Um, I wanted to start off with our big one. We had uh, Expo Lucha kind of came roaring back with uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday making some talent announcements. Uh, putting some deals online. Unfortunately, for those of you who uh, are listening to this, if you wanted to take advantage of those deals, they already expired. But there are plenty of oh. Expo Lucha tickets yes. still available, and there will definitely be more deals coming up because we have all the way until 2022. So I'm sure there will be some some more times where there will be deals available for you. But they did give us some exciting news. Um, they did remind us. The already announced main event for night one is going to be Dragon Lee and, and Laredo Kid. So, I mean, right there, you've, you've got a match with the price of admission <laughs> mm-hmm. there alone. Um, they announced that Lady Maravilla is going to be making her Expo Lucha debut, which is uh, pretty great. Uh, like, they usually have some really solid women's division matches, and to have uh, Lady Maravilla of as one of the talents is, is fantastic. Um, of course, this year uh, we are, it's the rescheduled Philadelphia Expo, which was originally meant to be on the anniversary of Luchador talent arriving at the ECW arena. Obviously, COVID made that un- impossible, but they're still honoring that. It's still going to be in the 2300 arena, and they have announced ECW Luchador Super Crazy and Psychosis will be present, so you you will have a chance to to feel a little hint of that magic for sure if you make it to this. Um, of course, you have talents like Solar, Solar Junior, Black Taurus, Ares, Tiniebus Junior, who have all been at previous ones, as well as. Octagon, who we've talked about a few times on this week in Lucha Libre, is a major part of history. This is the first time I will have had a chance to see to be in the same room with him. I have no idea if he's going to wrestle or if he's just going to sign and be at the signing table all weekend. Either way, it's a fantastic opportunity. This is a, this is the same Octagon that was in that historic when worlds collide matches. That just well worth your time to to have an opportunity to meet him. Uh, did I miss anything, Miranda? Uh, well, another ECW legend who's going to be there is Juventud Guerrera. Uh, and so that's, you already have several ECW arena legends now there. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, Expo Lucha put out a lot of great uh, posts up over the weekend uh, regarding all of the talent that's going to be there, um, Super Astro Jr., Gringo Loco, uh, Bestia666 and Mecha Wolf, Damien666, Adis, um, and much, much more. Um, and the announcements are probably going to keep on rolling um, mm-hmm. over the next few months. So make sure if you're not following Expo Lucha on social media, uh, you can find them on Instagram at Expo Lucha Live, and you'll be able to see all of the talent uh, announcements as they are posted, as long uh, as well as ticket information, um, which uh, tickets are now available. As you said, Brendan, uh, the sale mm-hmm. did pass, but uh, make sure you get them now because 
as you also mentioned, Brendan, this is, you know, a, a redo of what we were supposed to get in 2020 and in 2021. Yep. So there are people clamoring uh, uh-huh. to attend this event. Uh, and as a special note, uh, you probably know this if you were a person who purchased tickets for 2020. All of those tickets are still being honored. So if you bought your tickets already for 2020, you shouldn't need to do anything else. But do check your email inbox to make sure you've got some sort of notification uh, on that. Or otherwise, uh, you know, it, I don't want to say something bad will happen, but you, you're leaving the Just possibility. Check. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you probably <laughs> bought those tickets quite a while ago. So I I... you just want to make sure that they're still there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just be, just be safe. That's I, I check every once in a while just to be sure. And I don't even need the tickets right now because I'm pretty sure I can just say to the, to the grilled cheese master, please let me in. And yes. and, and we'll also be teasing <laughs> throughout the show. A few other people that have been announced for Expo Lucha. Uh, we didn't say all the names yet. Cause we're going to tease some additional names a little bit later on in the show. So we'll, we'll plant some Easter eggs throughout the show. Of Absolutely. other talents to expect at Expo Lucha. And we'll be doing that throughout the months as well. Just yes. Like sometimes people will be appearing coincidentally at other events and we'll just bring them up. So uh, speaking of more events, uh, PWG has announced uh, their Battle of Los Angeles is going to return on January 29th and January 30th. This is typically an area where we've seen uh, luchadors greatly exposed uh, to the American wrestling audience. We've seen Bandito, Black Taurus, uh, Ray Orus, many others uh, uh, in these Battle of Los Angeles ma- matches. Uh, most of the cast of Lucha Underground at some point was in PWG, if not at Battle of Los Angeles. So uh, January 29th, January 30th, uh, PWG is always kind of mysterious about their ticketing events so i'm not even gonna uh pretend to know how to to actually get tickets but keep an eye on their social media they will try and let you know um uh the lucha meme show on 1114 is now been added to iwtv so if you are an iwtv subscriber and you haven't been aware of it yet you can now go back and watch that 1114 show there were a few good matches on there, um, and generally Lucha Memes puts on uh, great Lucha content, so worth supporting. Uh, we also had an announcement in our Facebook group. The Lucha Central, Week, uh, Lucha Central Weekly Facebook group uh, has been having several postings, and they put up a post for Christmas Chaos, which will be Thursday, December 9th. This is presented by Old Fashioned Wrestling and OFW Boyle Heights. Uh, it is kind of being characterized as a as PCW invading Boyle Heights, and as such, we have Hammerstone defending the PCW Championship, Viva Van defending her PCW Ultra Women's Championship, and Jay Vidal defending the Ultralight Championship. Uh, it's, it's matches that have already been announced, so that's Thursday, December 9th. Uh, the poster and information is in our Facebook group, or uh, if you are not a Facebook subscriber, uh, we can get that information to you. Um, GCW is uh, now starting to announce matches for some of their upcoming events. Their 1203 show 
is now going to have Gringo Loco, Demonic and Demonic Flamita, and Lowrider against ASF, Drago Kid, and Chris Carter. Uh, so, uh, some of those names you're going to recognize. People, regular listeners of the show, will recognize uh, some of those names. You won't. I promise you, they are all fantastic lucha trained superstars. Uh, GCW has been really kind of working hard to bring that sort of content forward. Um, uh, we we had a few other things. Now I'm going to switch over to, to wrestlers doing and saying things now. Uh, <laughs> That's a segment, new segment. Wrestlers <laughs> doing and saying things. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's all part of this, this, uh, road to shows as we're doing, we're covering a lot of the other news. Uh, so I just wanted to, to, we're going to cover, I've talked about shows that are coming up, but now we're going to talk about wrestlers that are going to be doing shows. And sometimes, uh, they do and say things. Um, Mas Lucha had an interview with Andrade where he said he wanted to face Pagano and Dr. Wagner Jr. before, Wagner Jr. retired, which is an interesting statement in and of itself, because Wagner Jr. hasn't said anything about retiring for a while and uh, kind of has been on a newfound sort of tour. But uh, uh, maybe, you know, some people are speculating that maybe that just means they're, we're going to see Wagner show up as a, as a match replacement for some of these other people, because he's already signed to wrestle Pagano at a couple of events. So we'll, we'll see. I just thought that was an interesting little, uh, that's a list of, of any combination of people in this is good to me. Andrade, Pagano, Dr. Wagner. I want, I see any of that. Maybe in a triple A ring. Like we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> speaking of people though, that, from AAA, Psycho Clown did uh, some crazy things online, which got me all worked up. But it turned out it was just a, it was in fact, I worked myself into a shoot. Psycho Clown went on Twitter <laughs> and said that Mexican football has more clowns than Lucha Libre and then started actually having Twitter beef with the, the club for a hot minute. But it turns out that really what it was is AAA and a jersey manufacturer by the name of Charlie Football were doing six Lucha Libre-themed alternate jerseys for the teams. Of Santos, Laguna, Leon, Atlas, Cuatro, Tijuana, Pachua. So, uh, you know, I, I was all looking forward to Psycho Clown having Twitter beef with people and just being able to dogpile, but no, no, it's just cool shirt announcement and Dusty's not here to talk about it and the AAA segment so I got it mine psycho clown I got my eyes on him. always has be <laughs> always yep uh <laughs> there's more of that going on on Facebook pro wrestling revolution got involved at one point because he wasn't at the recent Santa Rosa show I do not have results for that show yet so don't we will not be talking about that on this week's Indie Roundup, but I'm hoping to get that soon. Um, and that's my uh, that's my road back to shows. I kind of think that's the best way to segment into the Indie Roundup. Uh, this week, I 
really wanted to focus on since I mentioned that Facebook group earlier. We've had a number of really good matches from uh, recent as well as historical events being put up. Uh, I wanted to give shout-outs to uh, Mask Toys and Danny Floyd in particular, who have been populating with lots of great matches. Uh, I wasn't originally talking about uh, uh, much about these because I couldn't verify if these were recent or classic matches, but since uh, they're they're putting up so much content, I wanted to just throw throw some some names out there on that. The most recent one that was put up is from Kingdom Wrestling 3, which featured Negro Casus, uh, Javio, Javio 4, Volcano, against Blue Panther, El Felino, and Chamaco Becerra. Uh, so, you know, go to our Facebook group and check that out. Uh, these are all on YouTube, so again, if you are not on Facebook, you're one of those people that has... has Given up the Facebooks, we can get you links other ways. Uh, so, but but uh, do check that out. I did want to do mention that. And then uh, we had some we had a riot event, which uh, the main and most interesting thing to me is that they were playing kind of event uh, or venue roulette. It was signed up for a different venue. It wound up at the Arena Femenil Monterey in uh, Nuevo León. Uh, and then they had six matches. Uh, just real quick, we'll t- cover the second half of the card where you had Damien666 and Muerte Extreme in a no DQ match, which means that you know somebody, uh, got skewers in the head and cookie sheets upside the head. So, uh, Damien came out on top on that. And then you had Extreme Tiger, an Iron Kid in a match. Uh, Extreme Tiger, not a name we've been We've said a lot on this show lately, and I'm happy to be able to say it again. Uh, that's kind of an old school uh, reference for the uh, impact days for a lot of American viewers. Uh, Extreme Tiger did get the win on that. Uh, you had a match with Promoteo, Baby Extreme, Kratos for the Riot Championship contenders. And... Uh, Promoteo came out on top on that one. Um, Baby Extreme is always a standout in every match, though, so well worth watching. And then you had Hechicero against Eric Ortiz in the main event. Hechicero came out on top on that one. Uh, so that was my real quick indie roundup. Uh, as always, let me know what you guys want. There's always more things I can be covering. Uh, we kept it kind of simple and neat this week because we were... Uh, there was a lot with the kind of a the week that we didn't get, and I uh, I wanted to just focus on recent stuff so that we could keep moving ahead. But if there's something that you felt I missed, uh, don't worry, I'm going to try and get those PWR results for you. Uh, and anything else you want you want me to cover, please let me know. But uh, that's the indie roundup for the week. Thank you, Brendan, for the road back to shows. And the Indie Roundup. Next, well, you know what time it is. We're going to kick it off to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Max, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast. One in English y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite Luchador. Get yours now at Lucha-Masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. And a big thank you to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. So... As far as our big news of the week, we have to, have to, have to talk about Triple A, Triple Mania Regia happening this weekend. And as I had mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, we did have a little bit of delay in recording. And, well, we missed out on some pretty big news, but we're going to be talking about it now. And that is the news of Kenny Omega vacating the AAA Mega Championship. Mega Championship. Uh, that happened, uh, man, right, uh, right before Thanksgiving, uh, I believe. And this was stated, uh, from AAA. Specifically, the news was confirmed by Conan that due to a substantial amount of injuries, that Kenny Omega has sustained, and that information was out there after his match uh, at Full Gear um, 
with um oh my gosh uh, why am I blanking on on his name uh, sorry uh, I was checking up on the Twitter for a second there uh, <laughs> at full gear uh Wow. It was, uh, Kenny. We, we, we do this as a, we do that. We I actually treat this seriously, folks. So this is just us being very behind, uh, the, the memory blockage here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, a uh, you know, a, a long, a few weeks. Uh, and this is why we always have Dusty here. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but. Uh, Kenny and, uh, well, uh, you know, you know, he does cowboy shit. Uh, but anyways, oh, hang, going, hang, Hangman Adam Page. Yes, yes. <laughs> so after Kenny's match with Hangman Adam Page, um, it was being reported that Kenny's had a, a substantial amount of injuries that have been bothering for quite some time. And, uh, that led to, you know, even just speculation about how prepared and, and how healthy Kenny was going to be, um, for Triple Mana Regia happening on December 4th. And that is when AAA announced that, uh, Kenny had vacated the title. With that came some big changes to the title picture. We then found out that the match was going to convert to a five way match. For the vacant AAA Mega Championship. We knew that Hijo del Vikingo was going to be in the match. However, AAA announced four other names shortly thereafter that was going to be included. That those four names are Samurai del Sol, formerly known as Calisto, uh, Jay Lethal, Bobby Fish, and Bandito. So we now have a five-way match for the AAA Mega Championship. And we had discussed this on the show as far as our thoughts on Kenny versus Hijo de Vikingo. And really did think that that was going to be the passing of the torch from Kenny to Hijo de Vikingo. It still feels that way with the odds still kind of stacked up against Eho, but also a great opportunity to showcase uh, other Lucha talent. And, you know, as much as, you know, it's a buzzy term, but it happens, the forbidden door uh, with, you know, U.S. talent, American talent like Bobby Fish and Jay Lethal. Brennan, I do want to get your quick thoughts on the changeups to this match. Well, I'm going to start with the elephant in the room, the Jay Lethal and Bobby Fish editions. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't think they added enough to this. I understand they want, uh, spoiler, this is going to be available in the U.S. We'll give you details on that later. Mm-hmm. I, they, they want to, to be able to reach a broader U.S. audience. Just like I said in previous weeks about Jay Lethal showing up in AEW. I don't think he adds enough. I don't think this is the point. He's the guy at the point in the career that's going to to draw eyes to this product. Hey, I think I I have to agree. Uh, same thing, yeah. you know, with Bobby Fish. He isn't right. necessarily as controversial as Jay Lethal is, but I don't think people are going to buy this show to watch Bobby Fish. Nope. You are. I agree with you. That's that's why I was lumping the two of them together. I, yes. Uh, I think I wouldn't even say the same for Jay Lethal, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I, I yeah. really don't think U.S. audiences are going to gravitate towards 
these nope. two names in particular. I feel like more people, U.S. audiences, would buy this for Kane Velasquez than Jay Lethal and Bobby Fish. Well, and but they also have Bandito on there, who is a legit indie superstar. So that too, but I think just in general, on. like more yeah. American household names, I think a yeah. maybe non lucha libre fan uh, possibly would be more inclined to to I, watch. Yeah, based off of some of the other names. I agree. A, uh, a Kane Velasquez would have been a, a big a big name to add to that. He wouldn't. He would have a little more trouble kind of fitting in with the level of talent on this. Not that Kane is not talented, but he's not a, he has not been a full time wrestler. He's a, an athlete that has been doing yes. a lot of things. Um, you know, and, uh, there, there, there was some, they, there, there will be other talk about him, but there, yeah, there's some other big names they could have done with the recent releases. There's, uh, uh, you know, yeah, it's the Samurai Del Sol would also kind of not the top draw, but he's a big draw. He will get yeah. people. people. Uh, but if you really wanted to do that, you could have grabbed Grand Metal League or, or, uh, uh, Dusty Sky, whose name just shot out of my, say, I'm doing it again. It's the memory. Sure, you wanna? Uh, no, well, him too. That's a, that's a Dusty guy. <laughs> but he's not the one for the U.S. audiences, although. Oh. Not yeah. Yeah. Lindsay. <laughs> there we go. Lindsay, mm-hmm. they're I apologize, Lindsay. I even spoke with you on the show. I, it's really just that uh, we're doing this, and and your and your mask was in my head, but not your name. <laughs> I was seeing all of your great masks. Well, and I know there's still, <laughs> uh, you know, very interesting as far as timelines go and what people are. Yeah. Doing. But yeah, I mean, I think if it was an ideal world, I think this too being Lindsay's first show, if this, you know fantasy booking here i think that would have been a bigger a big draw too but you have a very interesting group of wrestlers in this five-way match Mm -hmm. um i do think it adds a lot of credibility if we if we still see or predict what we had originally thought with e holdy vikingo winning you know for very reputable experienced talent um that he can uh you know come on top over but even as you know, b- big things is say, you know, we're really fantasy booking here. If Samurai De- Del Sol won, or say Bandito won, and then uh-huh. ends up concurrently being, you know, ROH and AAA mega champion, you know, that's some, some pretty big, yeah. um, implications there. So, you know, who knows, you know, what I- that's. Uh, all of this, you know, will lead to, uh, but I think it's still going to be a, a very entertaining match. I do want to go over now that I've got my, my, my negative aspect. I do want to go over the positives of this five way. Having Bobby Fish in there in particular is a seasoned veteran that is mm-hmm. really good at making other people look good. So even though he's quite probably not going to win this thing, He's going to make Vikingo and Bandito look like superstars when yes. he's in the ring with them. Uh, Jay Lethal is a very seasoned veteran who can do a lot of great things in there. He can match the high-flying antics of the Luchadors. He can match the ground wrestling with Bobby Fish. So he's also going to add a lot to this match, uh, just from a mechanic standpoint. And maybe that's what they went for with this. Maybe they went with you guys that weren't going to be as big of a draw, but are going to really make the guys they want to st- have stand out really stand out. So, 
uh, that is, uh, you know, that's probably on Conan and a couple other people in AAA, but, uh, there are some definite positives and big aspects that can come out of this. And I think that's going to make this a really big main event match. They do have a number of matches that are going to be really good on this. This is, we talked about this in previous weeks. This is a loaded card and I've only gotten more loaded since we last talked about it. Yeah. Well, and with that, Brendan, uh, you can definitely mention there's been some updates and changes to the card since we last uh, talked about it. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to start with the tease that I did earlier. They have announced officially that it's going to be on fights. So we're going to have uh, a 6.30 start time on the Fight Network, 6.30 CSD. Uh, and, and we went from four matches, which is what I believe we talked about on the last show, to five matches, back to four matches. Uh, and now we're going to have, uh, six matches on the Fight Network, plus possibly one or two more that get filmed for an, another AAA event. But, uh, let's go over what we've got for the card. We're going to have a, uh, what they call a, this is straight from the Fight Network. The, the, these these terminologies are straight from the Fight Network promotion for this. So we have a trios fight featuring Poder del Norte uh, versus Vipers versus the Nueva Generation Dinamita. So that's Poder del Norte, you know, Tito Santana and uh, and Carta Brava Jr. And the, the names are just a dusty. Where are you? Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and against the Vipers, who have been recently on a lot of AAA television, this is uh, a Ripper slash Psychosis Two and uh, and Abismo Negro, uh, at, and and all then the new wave of Generation Inmita, who we were talking about, were the big turnovers from CMLL. They showed up uh, at the at the last big event, made a big splash without even wrestling. Uh, they've wrestled a few matches since then, but this is going to be a big pay-per-view event. They've been feuding with Poder del Norte, and, and the Viper squad have uh, recently been inserting themselves, attacking both sides on television matches. So uh, they've added a lot of story to make this kind of exciting, but also you have in Poder del Norte and Nueva Generation Dinamita, two of the most acknowledged trios teams in the world right now, uh, going at it. So you've already you've got a recipe for magic here. Uh, then the next match they gave us is the honor fight with Chessman uh, and the Psycho Circus, consisting of Murder Clown and Dave the Clown uh, against La Empresa. So Sam Adonis, DMT Azul, and Puma King with Estrelita hanging around. Uh, this will sound an awful lot like one of the previous pay-per-views we talked about where poor Dave the Clown was absolutely destroyed. So this is probably, this is being framed a little bit as Dave's chance for revenge as well as having a kind of united psycho circus with Chessman, uh, facing off against La Impresa. Uh, that's going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have a tag team match with uh, La Faction Ingo Bernable, consisting of Dragon Lee and Relistico, against Laredo Kid and a Luchador Sopresa. So 
Uh, I have no idea. Looking at who else is on this card already, I have no idea. It could be it could be some of these American guys. It could be, but you you would think they would announce them. Like if we were going to get a Lindsay Air Grand Metal League, you would think they would announce them. So I don't. I have no idea. Um, this has the potential to be match of the night, depending on who that partner is. Is Dragon Lee and Dralistico against Laredo Kid and a sack of potatoes is already a good match. So, you know, get somebody else really good in there, it'll steal the whole show. And the AAA World Tag Team Championships, currently held by FTR, are going to be on the line. Uh, the Lucha Brothers are getting their rematch for it. Uh, we will be talking a bit more about this match in AEW, as these are also AEW tag teams. But that is, this is for the AAA Championship, not the AEW Championship, on the AAA branded show. So this could be one where we see a title change, or they could just be teasing marks like me to make me tune in and see if this is the time <laughs> where they actually lose the belts. And then uh, we uh, in the semi-main, we have a trios match featuring Psycho Clown, Pagano, and Kane Velasquez versus L.A. Park and Los Mercenarios, consisting of Rey Scorpion and Tharus. So there is where you've got your Kane Velasquez, your Pagano, your Psycho Clown. That's the reason they're not in the main event with uh, for the for the championship. You have L.A. Park returning to AAA. Uh, to bringing violence and chaos with him. And, uh, I mean, yeah. So this is a loaded card. This is, even in, in a 2019 pre-COVID world, this card is, is, uh, is a worldwide pay attention to this card. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. getting these six matches, uh, on fight is, is a fantastic deal and hopefully it, uh, it does what it's supposed to and, and pulls eyes onto it because yes. AAA and, is making big moves. Yes. And it's a big deal to have this available to us audiences through fight TV, as we've talked about several times with the lawsuit with AAA and, uh, you know, streaming being very challenging for anyone in the us to get access to. Being able to do it through the right means on Fight TV, uh, you know, hopefully makes it appealing. And the fact that I believe the price is only nineteen ninety nine. Um, I, that let me pull that up one more yes, time. I, I believe that's what I saw <laughs> when I pulled a, a Fight TV that it was only nineteen ninety nine, which in comparison to a lot of shows is a pretty good deal. Um, just twenty bucks for uh, you know, at this point to uh, a series of really good matches plus a killer main event that is going to crown a new triple A mega champion. Yeah, it is still nineteen ninety nine on fight. Uh because it's fight, that means I expect that means you'll be able to get it as a video on demand afterwards. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this after the event has gone on, uh you could still go on fight and grab it. Uh yeah, so uh just there's this is great and you 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 hit the nail on the head uh, we were kind of underplaying it or i was because i was more excited about the matches but yeah to have anything right now with the the fmv lawsuit that's been happening having everything blocked having the youtube channel brought down triple a's youtube channel 
is still not available in America. You try and watch things on their official YouTube channel. Uh, it there it says that it's blocked in this region now. It's also made our uh, this week in Lucha challenging <laughs> at times too. So, uh, you know, it, have being able to have access to it is is uh, a big is a story in and of itself that we should not undersell. It's uh, very important and very cool. And like you said, uh, if you can afford the twenty bucks. Please do this the the official and and non piracy way because uh, that means we'll get more lucha libre in the United States if they if this is successful. Well, make sure you tuned in to next week's show because we will absolutely be covering all of the matches from Triple A Triple Regia Triple Mania Regia uh, because again the implications of the results of all these matches, but especially the main event is going to be sending ripples throughout both you know mm-hmm. just not only lucha libre but the world of professional wrestling yeah I mean, there's still chances that that tag team match will have yeah. just as big if not a bigger impact so mm-hmm. stay tuned for the results yes uh and and you know though they'll, they'll probably definitely be covered on uh luchacentral.com i say yeah. that Pretty pretty surely those results will be posted on LuchaCentral.com. Speaking of, we're going to wait a little bit to talk about uh, some news coming, some previews of Rampage. But we are going to jump into AEW Dynamite. Again, Brendan and I are taking over for Dusty. So usually Dusty does a fantastic job with his thoroughness of the show. Us, not so much. Uh, we're just going to focus on a few I things this week. I do not have week. time to watch all of Elevation. This, this is why we do that. a divide and conquer type of format, because yeah. literally there is so much wrestling out there that we as individuals do not have the time and why Dusty uh, does such a great job in his reviews. And, and you'll see in our reviews of other products, other uh, shows of this week, some are a little bit more thorough, some are not. But, you know, I think this is very fitting, though, because Brendan and I uh, both saw the highlights of this particular match from Dynamite and have thoughts on it. And we're very curious <laughs> about everyone's thoughts. That was the match between Cody and Andrade in the Atlanta Street Fight match. And really, if you didn't see the match, you probably, though, saw the clip circulating all over the Internet of Cody and Andrade going through a flaming table and primarily Cody going through a flaming table, but still getting the win over Andrade. I So let's spoiler. I hate that. Yes. Like, how did we get here? That if this is not the antithesis of like that escalated quickly, I am not sure what is. Yeah. How did we, like, I don't even remember Cody and Andrade fighting two weeks ago. Well, so in, they've a, been, in a few, they've been they they have been building this feud. Andrade has been more having a war with words with him. They've been involved in six man matches, which have been mm-hmm. developing multiple feuds. But up until this week, it was largely. Cody and Alistair Black, or whatever okay. his name. Right? Yes. Yes. Malachi. Yeah. <laughs> Malachi Black, uh, uh, they, uh, it, it was mostly, uh, we were looking at it as those two. So when it was announced you, we were going to have an Andrade Cody match, most, uh, most people like me were looking at going, well, this is going to build this kind of weird mix and match pieces feud that they've been doing with, uh, 
with uh, all these X N X T guys versus Cody. Uh, and, and instead we got this match. Um, for those just, of you, go ahead. Yeah. For those of you that, that didn't see the match, uh, we've already given away the ending where there was a giant flaming table, but there was a, the internet give away the ending there. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, I, you know, but there was more spots than that. This was a giant slog. I haven't seen of, them according to the crazy internet. spots. Yes. But uh, the uh, you know, like you had you had Arn Anderson falling off a ramp. You had, oh yeah, that did happen. I did see that too. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Not funny, but kind of funny. <laughs> In its own weird way, kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. DDTs on the outside. Giant moves being done. Uh, multiple tables being destroyed. Uh, I, it was the whole match was a lot of a lot and and to your point two weeks ago they weren't really in a full-on feud and they went to this kind of feud ender match on free tv uh just just out of nowhere and and uh that alone bothers me yeah like yeah it was very confusing so this spot in particular that we're talking about brandy rose came out she actually was the person who uh put the the uh lighting liquid gasoline almost i think it was just lighter fluid on the table and set the table on fire um cody ended up uh i believe it was a a suplex um they called it a reverse ddt reverse ddt okay uh in which Cody's back was the one who directly hit the flaming table. Andrade barely got, oh, there we go. Yes, it was, yeah, as I watch it again. (laughs) Cody's clothing was still on fire. A little part of his pant leg and another piece uh, of clothing, I think, was caught on fire because he got the brunt of the impact. So it doesn't seem like the table was moved out far enough. Uh, It was too close uh to their to the turnbuckle to the point where Cody got the brunt of it. So I think as as to kind of echo your sentiments, the fact that this escalated very quickly and uh usually a match like this would be one where it would be a feud ender or there would be much more animosity and mm-hmm. you know storytelling to get to this point. Uh but you know, I do think AEW has a tendency of doing that, going through feuds quickly and rotating through things. In some ways, it's good because they don't necessarily linger on things too much and things that took time, like Adam Page and Kenny Omega, was able to go in and out of a feud for over about a year. Yeah. And it made sense to that point. But this one in particular doesn't make as much sense. It also is just a... As we've also discussed our concerns in their booking of Andrade and how, again, he's in another losing feud. You know, granted, the philosophy of wins and losses don't matter. I do feel like there is a um, uh, a sentiment to that. I do believe there's truth in that. There, there um, is, but. But, yes. Andrade has not won a high-profile match on AEW television. Yes. That's the problem. Like mm-hmm. he's not been, he's not been, so wins and yeah. losses don't matter, but the, what they're telling without saying is that Andrade is not in the yeah. same caliber. I think him. I, and I think this would have made more sense if Andrade got the win so that Cody can come back yep. and beat Andrade. I think just that yep. simple change 
would have kind of changed my mind about what they were doing with this, almost to the fact that Andrade needed a match like this or turn mm-hmm. the tables on Cody in his own type of match to beat him. And I honestly thought that's what was going to happen when I saw Cody hit the table. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this could be interesting storytelling. You have Brandy setting the table on fire without Cody knowing about it, Cody going through the burning table wondering what the hell went on, then you can have the Cody show go on with with Brandy and not ha- and then Andrade comes out of this looking good, but that's not what they did. Uh, and this is this is what bugs me about the Cody show, and this is what bugs me about the EVPs in general is they're willing to just destroy the talent that they should be building up in order to have their their glory matches because that's all this was. This was in front of Cody's hometown. He wanted to have a big match. He said in an interview somewhere he was tired of uh, uh, a move being the one that they always show in his clips, so he's going to mm-hmm. do something new. So now you know what the, the new thing is because it's going to be him going through that flaming table for another year before he gets bored of that. You know, and then unfortunately Andrade got brought along for the ride and how he got drafted into this and not Alistair or uh, sorry Malachi Black I I don't know. Maybe because he's desperate enough for big profile matches that he was willing to say, yeah, I'll do this and take the loss because in his mind, he thinks he can bounce back without realizing that the American audience is being told all the way from his WWE programming where he lost over and over again through now that he is not an important player. They're just, that's what they're being told. I can go on Twitter and see casual fans talking about him as being a jobber and a loser. And, you know, I do think that uh, the, the viral clips of this video, uh, you know, probably is what AEW wanted. I don't know how much that's going to help Andrade in the long run as, you know, visibility. We will see what happens next week, though. I do have to admit it piques my interest in what's happening with Cody and Andrade um, my hope is that they continue this, that somehow this fuels something a little bit more and this isn't just a one-off uh, with them, but we will see. I do also want to give the floor to you, Brendan, to talk a little bit about some previews of Rampage, including something that we talked a little bit about just earlier uh, for Triple Mania Regia. Yeah, so I'm going to – the spoilers are out, and I'm going to let uh, Dusty have have the, the joy of talking about the, the – the opening match, which is a Sammy Guevara defending against Tony Nese. Uh, trust, just trust the system here. This was a, it looks like it was going to be a great match, but the important spoiler I wanted to talk on is that we're going to have FTR against the, it's supposed to be the Lucha Bros, but they replace, uh, they replaced, uh, um, uh, why am I having so much trouble with names tonight? Uh, <laughs> They, they, it's it, the team that they got. We, we get instead is, is Pack and Penta. So uh, uh, Phoenix is not in the match that night, and Pack is the one that takes the fall, and uh, and Al- Alistair Black. I keep saying that Malachi Black uh, comes in for a post-match beatdown on Pack. So it instead of being what it could have been which is a big lead-in to Triple Mania, Regia, to, to kind of expand the, the the 
brands a little bit, make this forbidden door thing work. We're back to this story of AEW is only looking out for AEW with this forbidden door and they're forwarding their own storyline just 24 hours before the, um, before Triple Mania Reggio when they had an opportunity to really do something unique and special. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that that, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting way of going into, uh, Triple Mania Regia. And, you know, I, I do feel like this feud in and of itself is one that you want to keep on watching. Um, and I think even being able to see the difference of what it, how it's presented in AEW television to AAA, um, yeah. Is, to me, it's fascinating. You know, I actually do think being almost seeing the same thing uh, just a day apart is just will be very, very interesting to see. Except for, again, that's we're not gonna, we're not even getting the same thing because they changed the they changed the team. They they mm-hmm. they're focusing on a this FTR uh, and and. uh this weird alliance that's part of the same Andrade match, the Andrade thing we were just talking mm-hmm. about, or FTR and Andrade and uh, and uh, Malachi Black are all kind of this weird semi faction depending on the week, and that's what and so the, that's kind of where it finishes up. Instead, is forwarding that. So in an odd way, it's forwarding the Andrade storyline as well. Yeah. Which is, to your point, an interesting development, and I do want to see how see, actually see how this all plays out instead of yes. just reading the results. Well, and it makes you wonder: uh, Are we going to see Andrade at Triple Mania Regia? Because that's he's right? not, you know, he seemed to be kind of a one and done in Triple A. And when I think about someone who would have been very interesting to add to this to to the to the to uh, that make a champion match. to that five way yeah. match. Makes me curious about if Andrade, you know, why is he not on there? Um, granted, you know, who, who knows exactly what his situation with AAA is, but it does also, you know, can absolutely tease maybe he shows up. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to see him show up. I, I uh, have a lot of people have speculated that Andrade didn't sign on for that match because they weren't going to have him win. Yeah, and uh, I think he's still kind of feeling burned by the fact that he didn't get to win in that that uh, last. And it, match. yeah, exactly. I mean, if we go back to to talking a little bit about the way that Kenny Omega ended his Mega Championship reign, you know, it feels granted it was due to injury. It was one where you know it it was inevitable, not inevitable. It was unavoidable. Um, and to put his you know health first. Especially, I mean, he has been working very actively now for over a year. And mm-hmm. so, you know, having the opportunity to recuperate and not endure any more injury um, is super, super important. But it also then makes you wonder opportunities where he could have lost the belt and it would have meant something more than yep. him vacating it. Yeah, and I said it on the last time we were talking about that subject that, uh, you know, hindsight especially makes this worse. But yeah, I had Andrade won that Triple Mania that, I think it was Triple Mania, but yeah, uh, that match and won the, the AAA championship then, uh, he would have been ahead of the wave of the new toys with CM Punk, Daniel Bryan and all of that stuff. He would have a big win over a major player 
in two different promotions. Yeah. And he would be, he would be positioned just fantastically differently at this moment in time. Yeah. And now knowing that we're not going to get, uh, one of the things we didn't talk about is that the, the speculation is that we're going to get Hiho Delta Kingo and, and, um, uh, Kenny Omega as in one of the early title defenses. They're thinking yeah. he might come back and that'll be one of the first title defenses to get that match. But, uh, uh, you know, the, to your point now, Andrade could show up, uh, and, and, uh, and challenge for that belt again at the end of the show and, and mm-hmm. build something, you know, that it builds something interesting that way. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we're, yeah. This is why we started with AAA because we're going to be talking, referencing back to AAA throughout the show. Yes, AEW yeah. is about AAA this week. Uh, MLW and and all of those things. We may wind up tying it all back mm-hmm. in. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. Very good point. So don't forget though, the weekly results for AEW are available on luchacentral.com. So if you miss anything from this week in AEW television, check out luchacentral.com. And Brendan, you just made a beautiful segue for MLW <laughs> because we do have a lot to catch up on. Two weeks of Alpha Fusion, uh, as well as a little bit of teaser, uh, of information for the MLW, uh, Azteca Underground slash crash show happening. Um, just at least as in recording time, 24 hours. By the time you listen to this, that show has probably already happened, but for us, mm-hmm. we're still in preview mode. So first off, a quick rundown of the MLW Thanksgiving show. The very first match, we had an Opera Cup semifinal match, TJP versus Calvin Tankman, in which TJP advanced. Um, in this match, uh, TJP, again, always with the agility and, and being able to capitalize at, uh, on the size of someone like Calvin Tankman. However... He had some help, whether he liked it or not. Alex Kane came out and ended up causing a distraction. Him and his associate uh, caused multiple distractions uh, throughout the match uh, with either the referee um, or just distracting Calvin Tankman uh, towards the end of the match. Um, Calvin Tankman was sent into uh, an exposed turnbuckle by Alex Kane, and then TJP was able to capitalize on that um, and use the Mamba Splash for the win. Also on the Thanksgiving edition of Alpha Fusion, we had the ladder match for the vacant National Openweight Championship. It was Alex Shelley versus Myron Reed versus Alex Kane versus Senshi versus a mystery opponent who was revealed to be A.C.H. making his return to MLW. And, you know, we got to put our boy Zenshi over. The man is an acrobatic genius. He had some great spots, especially a great sequence with Myron Reed throughout the match. Uh, he landed a really big drop kick onto, on a ladder into Alex Kane. Uh, he also landed a 619 on Myron Reed. Uh, and an awesome spot where he jumped, I believe, from one of the top ropes, uh, to the, uh, to almost get the belt. Um, and that's one thing Zenshi is the aerial artist. So he is fearless in his uh, flying attempts and his aerial delivery. 
and there was another good spot towards the end of the match uh, where Zinchi uh, hit Myron Reed with a head scissors off the ladder. Um, that left an opening, though, for Alex Shelley to knock off Zenshi. And then uh, from there, Alex Kane knocked off Alex Shelley in order to claim the Open Weight Championship. And he is now your new MLW Open Weight Champion. This was a really fun match to watch. Um, and it's not a longer uh, match. It's really towards the end of the show. It is the end of the show. Uh, but it was a very fast-paced, very quick ladder match that doesn't take up too much time. So I highly recommend watching this match in particular from the Thanksgiving episode. This week on MLW, we had the finals of the Opera Cup. As we saw in the previous week, TJP advanced to the finals to face Davey Richards. Um, and in this match... Uh, TJP came in very confident, very cocky about his ability to win. Davy Richard was coming in for someone who's a veteran, though, came in very humbled, very um, appreciative of the experience um, and not taking any of this for granted, knowing that he had to fight TJP for this opportunity. Um, and he did. Davy Richards won um, when he uh, locked in the ankle lock and made TJP tap out. Uh, so your Opera Cup winner for 2022 is Davey Richards. Uh, as far as for the rest of the show, uh, they did announce for next week, we are going to see 5150 versus Los Parks for the MLW Tag Team titles. Uh, 5150 Woo-hoo. has just been fire with their promos. And finally, Cesar Duran has delivered and he is going to give 5150 the match. We are going to see that next week on uh, MLW television, as well as the debut of Enzo. He's going to be facing Matt uh. Ross. As far as some future <laughs> announcements, uh, MLW has announced Blood and Thunder that's going to be happening in Dallas in January. They announced this week that Roxy will be appearing at Blood and Thunder, the reigning Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Uh, so MLW has been very adamant and clear about an open door policy for talents from all over. And having Roxy there as the Ring of Honor Women's Champion is going to be a big for their women's vision that they're really establishing and flourishing the last thing i want to mention with mlw is the card for their show between uh, mlw azteca underground and crash lucha libre that will be happening on december 3rd tijuana baja california mexico and uh, mas lucha put out a tweet uh, just yesterday with the anticipated card. Now, this has not been confirmed by MLW or Crash, but Mas Lucha Libre is a pretty, uh, you know, in-touch source. And it ended up on Wikipedia. So, in some ways, we will see how canon this is. But it is the full card for the MLW Crash show. And I just want to share some matches that are listed in this rundown, uh, we're going to have some amazing matches and people are going to be pulling some double or triple duty this weekend. Um, we do have a trios match between Eel del Vikingo, Laredo Kid and Octagon Jr. versus Davey Richard, Ray Oris and Alex Kane. 
We also have another trios match in which Dynamical, Alex uh, Black Danger, and Addies will be facing Adamis, Destiny, and Mysticis Jr. This one, I think, will pique your interest, Brendan. We have <laughs> Richard Holiday versus Psycho Clown. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, and that could be a dangerous place for Richard Holiday. But you know what? Maybe being IWA, uh, Puerto Rican Caribbean champion has taught him a few things about hardcore wrestling because he may need that in facing Psycho Clown. An Escalera Inferno match between Bestia666 and Mods Kruger. A tag team match, uh, 5150, that's Danny, Rivera, and Slice Boogie versus Aerostar and Drago. And a hardcore tag team match, Pagano and Alex Hammerstone versus King Muertes and Torres. Uh, as well as Mecha Wolf versus Extreme Tiger and Toto versus Proximo. So, again, this has been reported by Masa Lucha. This is a card that they put up on their Twitter account. I have not been able to verify it by MLW or other sources. So, uh, you know, take it with a, a grain of salt. But if this is indeed the case, this is quite a show between MLW and Crash. Yeah, that's a heck of a lineup. Uh, I I hope that that's even half of that is, is true because that's going to be amazing. Yes. I was trying to play on the side of caution, but, you know, the Escalera at Inferno match between Bestia and Mads, that sounds, uh, you know, so great. The, both of the trios matches are going to be ridiculous. I mean, especially Ejo, Laredo Kid, and Octagon versus Davy Richards, Ray Oris, and Alex Kane. That in yeah. and of itself, you know, is going to be good. And I feel like that is such a good utilization of U.S. talent in Davy and Alex partnering with Ray. Um, you know, that in itself, I feel like, is a very strong match. Um, and man, talk about hoss fight big boys, Pagano, Alex Handerstone, King Muertes, and Torres. Uh, right? Yeah. Right? Oh man. No, but what I really like to your point about the other one is it's a traditional Lucha Libre trios match. Yes. So you're getting American wrestlers, but you're getting, uh, you're getting a traditional Lucha match. So you, you're kind of getting the best of all worlds and hopefully, to our conversation earlier, that means American fans can get more of a taste of traditional Lucha Libre-style matches. So. Mm -hmm. Well, make sure you tune in to our show next week as we are able to learn results of this show. Uh, we are going to share them absolutely uh, because, again, if these matches are scheduled as as they have been listed through Masalucha, then this is going to be a hell of a card. And hopefully also these are going to be recorded and aired on MLW's uh, social medias and YouTube, and we can see them as part of Fusion Alpha. Up next, well, this is usually where Dusty does this week in Lucha Libre history, and we're going to try to do him justice this week. I don't have the same <laughs> spiel as Dusty does. I don't have his notes. That's, uh, that's all Dusty. That's all that. Dusty. That's yeah. all Dusty. Uh, but we hit into this week in Lucha Libre history. This day in Lucha Libre history is available on LuchaCentral.com. In this segment, we cover an important moment within this week in the world of Lucha Libre, uh, and we discuss how poignant it is, what is uh, our memories of it, 
and some of the implications it may have had in the world of, of pro wrestling. This week, we are covering November 30th, 1998, and that's when Legends of Lucha Libre star Conan won the WCW World Television Championship after beating Chris Jericho at the WCW Monday Night Tro um, at the UTC Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee, episode 168. Uh, this is available online on YouTube. Uh, one of the few things that, well, you could still find on there. <laughs> and the match itself is not long. I believe only around, what, eight minutes? Uh, yeah. And for me, what, what I really gravitated to or was poignant for me is that one this is prime annoying chris jericho uh uh-huh. he was out there with his security guard ralphus rufus ralphus 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 yeah. yes yeah and uh you know very annoying very flamboyant you had uh conan in the wolfpack gear and uh part of the NWO Wolfpack and what to me stood out at least initially in the beginning too is there was a big crowd pop for almost everything but it was the little things from an arm drag to a clothesline to a shoulder block it really got the crowd you know excited it wasn't a technical masterpiece by any means not like you see as we've talked about in the cruiserweight division and other matches in WCW but I think it was just more Landing more simple moves so that the bigger moves made an ovation. So when Jericho did the lion salt, when he rolled into the lion tamer, those were things that crowd the crowd really gravity like really popped for. Um, Even though Chris Jericho was a heel at this time, um, the crowd got behind. Really? Well. (laughs) <laughs> yes and no. So I feel like he was easily able to get underneath the crowd's skin. Um, but he was way more dynamic and entertaining on a personality than Conan. Like but that, they cheered him for doing that. That was yes. I remember this period of Chris Jericho very well. Like he was a heel, but we were tuning in to see what stupid things he was gonna do. Yes. Like you know <laughs> like he was he was more of an anti-hero, a, com- a comedic anti-hero at this point, where we were rooting for him, even though he was the asshole bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah what, what were your thoughts <laughs> as you were watching this match? Well, so a, a lot of the time, you and I, we like to talk about the story that's going on, and that was one of the things that I didn't, I, I won't say I didn't care for, but I found less... This was less relevant to either of these individuals' storylines. It was this was Conan winning this title was about the NWO Wolfpack having more gold and and the red and black brand having some semblance of power in the master storyline. Whereas Chris Jericho could afford to lose and he would then go on a tirade about being screwed again and and uh, the, get catapulted further up the card. So, um, <laughs> so explain this also referee, because you've also had some experience in refereeing, because I thought this, the ending of this match, I just want to make sure I understood this. So in the match, towards the end, Chris Jericho thought he had won the match after locking in the lion tamer. Conan uh, was close to the ropes and he was able to grab that. Um, so Chris Jericho broke Lion Tamer, not because of the referee count, because he thought he he got Conan to tap. So he yes. grabbed the belt, 
was going to use the belt to hit Conan. He ended up dropping it. Conan hit him. He dropped it. And then uh, ended up using it to do an X-Factor uh, on or just to hit, you know, uh, Chris Jericho's face onto the belt. Mm-hmm. Explain to me, is that not <laughs> utilization of, of, you know, is that... So that is, falls that under the... Yeah, that, uh, it, it, that falls under what they would call referee discretion, and it would have been better if the uh, commentators had put that over. Uh, if the referee determines that that the use of the or the the hitting of the belt was accidental or incidental to the because uh, the belt was introduced into the ring uh, and then not properly cleared out. Uh, if they if they determine that Conan, if the referee was to decide Conan didn't do that on purpose, which I mean I don't know what world he would be living in, but this is the well, and that's true. He didn't what? bring the belt into the <laughs> ring. Chris Jericho did, so I yeah. get that. I just I know under some matches the referee would have still de- declared that a disqualification Correct. because of the utilization of this you know yeah. illegal object. So to use modern day refs, uh, if, if, uh, Aubrey, who's a li- much more of a straight down the middle kind of law and order style ref, she probably would have called that a disqualification. Like mm-hmm. that would have been a much bigger storyline. Whereas, um, the more permissive referees, like the Bucks favorite referee would just be like, well, oh, it was there. Just don't worry about it. And, and that's what we got. And I think uh, the storyline going on in WCW at the time was you had a crooked ref, you had uh, a number, uh, you had uh, wrestlers who were just going crazy every week, and and the refs, the the non-crooked refs were just looking powerless. So I think a lot of them were just at that point, storyline-wise, just there to pick up a paycheck. So, you know, <laughs> that's I I saw that too. I wasn't the biggest fan of it uh, on rewatching it. I remember at the time uh, not really thinking about it, and but yeah, my my ref training eyes looked at that and went, "That's just that's just messy." I'm just nitpicking on this, you know, because the but, match itself uh, yeah. was, you know, definitely entertaining. Prime Chris Jericho, <laughs> and you could yep. tell his understanding of wrestling from you know that lucha experience that he'd had previously and why working with Conan uh, did seem so uh, effortless and how he was able to connect with the crowd and uh, be able again I think it was the little things that they did that got the crowd over but also made the those bigger moves that much more uh, of an impact statement. To your point, that is, uh, that was one of the more interesting things in my rewatch of this match is just, uh, I don't want to say low effort because that makes it sound like they were just, uh, maybe they were, but I just, they, yeah, I mean, like, a, yeah, I, I see. <laughs> there's, these are two guys that we've both seen operate within a couple of years of that match at a much higher level, mm-hmm. but, but to your point, they were able to draw a really good match out of doing, I mean, less than 10 bumps and uh, a whole bunch of arm drags. So uh, you, you just, uh, you got a lot out of that for not a lot of work in. And it might've been because they had a really aggressive filming schedule. It might've been because neither of them really wanted to go over the top in the extra mile since the, you know, the story, the, the change of hands was about that. It might've just been 
uh, one of the two of them saying, hey, let's see how much we can do with just how how little. Let's see how much we can, you know, and they because they can always pull big moves out of their back pocket if the crowd, they think they're losing the crowd. But since they weren't, then they didn't need to. So I don't know. I just I found that very interesting. But yes. uh, I I loved that they were able to pull that out. I love that I was able to watch it and notice that they were just doing small moves very well and and still kept me involved in the match. So it was kind of fun. Well, that was this week in Lucha Libre history. Again, don't forget to check out this day in Lucha Libre history at LuchaCentral.com. But you know what? There's a lot more at LuchaCentral.com than meets the eye. Brendan, can you let our listeners know what else they can find there? All right, let's do this. So if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's really time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish, find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else, find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area, find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world, a place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Brennan, you have some CMLO results. Yes. So uh, they we did, in fact, during one of the weeks here, have the uh, the – Leyenda de Azul tournament, which featured Sobrenario Jr., Angel de Oro, Ultimo Guerrero, Barbario Cavernario, Atlantis Jr., Echicero, Stuka Jr., Terrible, Blue Panther, Sagrado, Gran Guerrero, Camilio Diablo 1, Dark Panther, Dragon Rojo Jr., Esfinge, and Emilio Diablo 2. Now, uh, We've talked, we talked about that on, I've talked about this tournament on this, this week in Lucha Libre. This is the honor of, uh, Blue Demon. A lot of the wrestlers came out there wearing, this is the original Blue Demon, not the current Blue Demon Jr. Uh, just to be extra clear on this, in case anybody is still thinking about the, the TV show or all the weird Blue Demon Jr. updates we've done about weird things in his life. This is the original Blue Demon. That was in the movies with, uh, with, with, uh, the saint, uh, El Santo. So, uh, there, there, that's what the, this is about his legacy. Um, so they, this was a traditional cybernetico where they had a battle royal that set the, uh, that set teams. Uh, you, and then, and then at the end of it, you had, so you had the two teams at the end of it. So Bernardo Jr. wound up winning, which was a bit of a surprise to most people. Uh, he he um, he of, of the names in this, he's not the one you would think would be someone that they would they would try and catapult further up the card, which is usually what this tournament will do. Uh, he's he's already in a firm in a pretty high up position and doing pretty well. He's uh crossed over with New Japan and ROH at several points. Uh, so uh, I was a little surprised, but uh, pleasantly so, that he got the win. So hopefully this means big things for Sobrenario Jr. and CMLO in the near future. 
Uh, and then also the main event that happened after that, you had Volador Jr. Uh, defending his NWA Welterweight Championship against TJP, who brought uh, Jeff Cobb out with him. Uh, Volador Jr. was able to to successfully defend the the title. This is his first title defense since March, which was against Bandito. So he kind of is hauling this out for big names when people show up. Uh, so kind of this was kind of a pretty good eye pay per view. Hopefully we get uh, a replay of it at some point in the future. But uh, it was good times. And uh, that's the CMLL updates for this week. As always, if you want more CMLL, there's more news out there. Let me know if you want that. If you want less, let me know, too. I'm trying to keep it to the big headlines right now. But uh, there we go. So that's our CMLL for this week. Thank you, Brendan. Up next, we have NXT. We got two weeks of NXT content to go over. So we'll do this pretty quickly. Just some highlights of last week's show. We did see the return of Santos Escobar. He faced Malik Blade. Uh, this one, again, I mean, Santos is always fairly arrogant. Um, and sometimes, you know, his opponents are able to kind of take advantage of that and surprise him. But ultimately, we had Santos winning with the Phantom Driver. This match, though, seemed to set up more of a story uh, that sets up for what we saw this week. And I'll explain in a second. So after the match, all of Legado de Fantasma was in the middle of the ring. Uh, Electra Lopez talked pretty much uh, solidifying that whole Zion Quinn uh, story uh, as far as him declining and how he ended up paying for that. Um, and then uh, Legato uh, talking about, you know, taking this opportunity really well. Let me let me take a step back because there's this happened. There was several things that happened. So um, walking wild after Electra talked, took the mic and said that they are back at full strength as a unit. And from there, they are interrupted by Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner and pretty much saying that they are all there for the same reason, for the NXT tag titles. And so there was some back and forth between them until Imperium showed up, uh, Fabian Eichner, uh, Eichner and Marcel Barthel, and pretty much put it out there. Hey, whoever wants a chance at these titles, come and get it. But in order to do that, they needed to face each other to determine the number one contenders for the NXT tag titles, which I will get to in a minute. Uh, but also last week, we had Ivy Nile versus Ulisa Leon. Uh, we've mentioned her before as um, one of the newest members of the NXT roster, uh, Mexican, I think, powerlifter athlete. And she is the daughter of uh, a luchador, CMLL luchador. I forgot his name because I'm not Dusty and I don't have all these fun notes. <laughs> uh, but... Um, we had a match between Ivy Nile and Ulisa Leon. Um, this match started off very playful with Leon kind of dodging her, uh, her attempts at a charge. However, Ivy Nile took her down fairly quickly. Ivy did her own types of playful aspects, like, I don't know, uh, you know, wrapping her legs around uh, Ulysses had to do some, uh, sit ups and, uh, using Leon's back to do push ups. 
um, which really displayed Ivy's strength. But uh, Ivy ended up winning that match um, by locking in a dragon sleeper for a submission win. This week in NXT, we saw Yulisa again as she teamed up with Valentina Feroz against Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. This time, Yulisa and Valentina was able to capitalize on Indy being distracted by Dexter uh, Loomis, who has disappeared. He was in the hospital, and now he's gone. So they were able to utilize some really great teamwork to distract Indy. However, Persia stepped in um, with the tag and was able to win the match with a face buster. Um, so it's good to see you, Lisa and Valentina, uh, making some strides on NXT and the fact that they seem, um, you know, having you, Lisa, on the, the show two weeks in a row is a good sign, even though she's being used as more of an enhancement role. Um, as we see with NXT 2.0, um, you know, they, they are looking to put people in certain places on the roster. Uh, with that, though, as I mentioned about the events from the previous week, we did get a number one contenders match between Legado de Fantasma and Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner, in which uh, Von Wagner and Kyle, uh, Kyle O'Reilly won, and they are now the new number one contenders uh, for uh, the NXT tag titles, which is, again, I mean, we've had this conversation plenty of times of Legato trying to be in that number one contendership spot and winning those tag titles. And what does this mean for Legato? I still believe we must protect Legato uh, because, uh, you know, at any moment, if, if the company doesn't find that ROI in them, they could be on that chopping block. And they've done such a great job of building themselves up as a group and really one of the longest standing groups now in NXT that it would be a shame to see that, you know, go go away. But yet again, always a bridesmaid, never a bride with Legado de Fantasma. Um, not quite their time, if we see if it is ever, uh, to to fight for that championship gold and even become uh, tag champions. This is the home. This was the go home show for uh, War Games. So with that too, last week we did confirm the final member of the women's team, and that is Kaylee Ray. She has been added to Team Gonzalez. So it will be her, Cora Jade, Io Shirai, and Raquel Gonzalez versus Team Kai, Dakota Kai, and Toxic Attraction. Uh, we also did get confirmation that the men's warm game match is going to be somewhat of a new school versus old school group. We have Team Black and Gold, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and LA Knight versus Team 2.0, Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo. Uh, we are going to see Imperium face Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner for the NXT Tag Team Championships. A very interesting match, an Apuestas match. At War Games, in a hair versus hair match, Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson, which I'm very surprised in. But I do think that there's been a, a character shift and change in Cameron Grimes. So I have a feeling his hair is going to go, which is kind of sad because he's cut it to a really nice length. It used to be super long. Now he cut it to shoulder length. And I'm like, OK, I like this. And now we're going to lose it. So I don't know what we're doing here. Um that's right. We and, update new fans on the fashion, too. 
yes. was paying attention to that myself. I, I was, I'm with you. I like his hair as it was. But. I like, I like it is how it is. But you know, it's a rare to see an Apuestas match in NXT, um, especially in a uh, event like War Games. So uh, I have a feeling that will be, you know, the opening match probably. Maybe set the tone. Who knows? And we're also gonna get Roderick Strong versus Joe Gacy uh, for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. So that is going to be uh, this uh, Sunday, December 5th. Sunday, December 5th. It's going to air on Peacock. It's going to be the first War Games to air on Peacock. Um, Wow. Yeah. Big weekend for wrestling. We've got Reggie Saturday and um, War Games Sunday. Yep, yep. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, on top of all the <laughs> weekly stuff that we've, t- we've talked about as well. So a big weekend for wrestling. But make sure you uh, stay tuned to LuchaCentral.com. They are going to have results uh, for NXT every week. And I'm fairly certain we'll have the results for War Games. Up next, we're going to shift to additional WWE uh, news. We're going to be talking about Raw and SmackDown and even a little 205 Live. You know, I'm not, we're not Dusty. We're not as, as diligent as he is, but we do have some news. Uh, first off, uh, I believe it was the last week, not this week, last week, the Mysterios, Ray and Dominic beat Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. On last week's SmackDown, we had Damian Priest defend the U.S. title against Apollo Crews and successfully retain. And in a little interesting 205 news, Electra Lopez defeated Valentina Faroz. So, again, 205 Live is becoming this additional platform for NXT talent, which, you know, I think is a great way to get people excited about 205 Live. It's great to be able to give those talent another uh, opportunity and platform to be on television um, and it could be a great place to see people like Valentina uh, like Ulyssa like Electra Lopez um, do some great in-ring work when you know NXT on a weekly basis is too crowded but we got to talk about the big big news that happened uh, right before Thanksgiving and that is Zelina Queen Zelina to you and Carmella winning the women's tag team titles. Brennan, I mean, tell me, what were your first thoughts when this actually happened? Well, I, I was wondering why we didn't see this on anything like this on Zelina's last run, to be honest. Like, I am super happy we're finally getting that, but they could have been doing this long, well before they fired her the first time, right? Could have been doing, she's just such a all-over great star, so... Yeah, uh, that's where I was at. I was, I, the salt was flowing because unfortunately yes. WWE results usually result in salt for me at this point. Uh, yes. Well, I do think, it's, <laughs> I mean, she's in a great place with the Queen Selena, uh, yes. persona. Her as a team with Carmella makes sense. This kind of mean girls mentality. I mean, this adds some spice to the women's tag titles because we hadn't even seen them really defended at all. We hadn't even seen Nikki and Rhea together that much. Nope. Um, so I, I think at that point when you know it's kind of stale, it's time to turn the page and to do something new. So I think it was great to see Zelina and Carmella win the tag titles. And it also brings the rise, you know, to a whole new set of challengers, maybe a new babyface tag team that comes up. 
Um, who knows? It does seem like they're moving away from the Nikki Rhea partnership. Um, and even if, you know, it definitely gives me Michelle McCool and Layla vibes. Oh, yeah. Um, like very much that. Uh, very, the same, very similar vibes, but just, you know, a, a little bit more of a modern touch to it. And still almost just like, not even just mean girls, but just like very just catty, brutal women, uh, which I think fits this team so very well. I think that they play off of each other really, really well. And you can tell to the point where they are now, uh, women's tag team champions so a big congratulations to them and hope to see the women's tag division flourish a little bit more have a little bit more competition now uh, it would be nice they've uh definitely had uh had had the just no a lot of zero effort but i mean that's again my the salt at with a lot of wwe is they have all the talent but zero effort so mm-hmm. Uh, at any time, you could see any of you, anything that's your favorite thing, explode into awesomeness, so, which is why we keep optimistically keep tuning. Well, why we optimistically make Dusty tune in, to be, let's be honest here. I, yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> he, he got the short end of that stick, uh, because as you can tell, we don't really watch a whole lot of WWE. I just, it just isn't, you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't have cable, so I don't watch USA. So trust me, it was a little heartbreaking when Finn Balor moved from SmackDown to Raw because now they're going to make me watch. You have to pay to watch Finn Balor. Like, is that really what I have to do um, with all these, you know, roster shifts? But, um, <clears throat> you know, there's some some good highlights. There's some silver linings. And one of those is absolutely Zelina and Carmella winning the tag titles. But, you know, if you miss any WWE action, you can find the results on LuchaCentral.com. So make sure you check them out if you want to know what you missed this week, last week. Heck, even the week before, we got you covered on LuchaCentral.com. We're going to finish up this week, well, kind of like what we do every week, and that is with Impact Wrestling. Uh, over the Thanksgiving uh, episode, we did get a Thanksgiving special with the return of Wrestle House, Wrestle House 2 uh-huh. Thanksgiving special. Um, Decay used their dark magic to teleport uh, Johnny Bravo, Hernandez, Madison Rain, uh, Alicia, Johnny Swinger, uh, the Swingerellas to Wrestle House, um, for this special edition of Impact Wrestling. Um, and so this episode was, again, it's, it's very much like a big brother type of, uh, vibe in Wrestle House, um, but a little bit dark magic. Only with dark magic. It's totally cool. I just do got to give a heads up. So if you saw the matches, you'll know that they did this in a different format. If any of you recognize the arena that they filmed that's in, that is the FSW Arena in Las Vegas. So a special shout out to future stars of wrestling to have their facility featured on this Thanksgiving episode. Uh, but you know what? There was some interesting Lucha adjacent content on this show. We had uh, the team of Decay, which is Taurus, Crazy Steve, uh, Havoc, and Rosemary with Chris Sabin defeat uh, the influence, which is Caleb and Madison Rain, Eddie Edwards, Alicia Edwards, and Hernandez. 
and then we also did later on have a one-on-one match with Black Taurus versus Hernandez in which Black Taurus won. Um, and just the, the crazy adventures of Wrestle House. Um, definitely check it out. I, one of the things I do love about, um, Impact Wrestling is a little, you know, how meta they are. They understand their ridiculousness. They know that they, um, you know, are uh, just a, a bit ridiculous. Uh, but hey, you know, I think that makes it all the, the better. That's what makes it, um, you know, There's just a fine something. line. Yes. They manage to stay on the right side of that fine line in my opinion. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so also we got the return of downtown daddy Brown in Willie Mack. Um, he <laughs> defeated Johnny Swinger and, you know, someone like Willie Mack, who is such a chameleon and you don't even know it sometimes where he can do comedy. He can do serious matches. He can do Lucha. He can do American. I mean, like he is just someone who's such a, a fun person to watch and such a chameleon. So I, I just think that. Um, this episode in particular is a great way to break up the monotony of things and again acknowledge kind of what makes impact impact. Um, and they, they make fun of themselves and their history. Um, and it's part of a bigger storyline of the last Russell House was in Johnny Bravo, um, was about to get married to Rosemary. He got, well, and, and, well, he, that happened after. So actually, Wrestle House set that up where they fell in quote unquote love in Wrestle House and then got married afterward. Uh, but I mean, Taya was a big part of the first Wrestle House. I would love to see her make her return at Wrestle House. Um, I mean, I, that would just be such a funny thing to do. Um, she left shortly after Wrestle House. She was revealed as the person who shot Johnny Bravo um, and was taken away to a maximum level penitentiary. And so having her return would be such a fun thing for Impact. But who knows? I'm just I'm just, you know, doing my fantasy booking here. Um, but that was uh, the Thanksgiving edition of uh, Impact. They returned tonight for their regular show, and they had a few interesting matches on there to make note of. One was the debut of Jonah against a man that you talked about a little bit earlier um, in talking about the Boyle Heights wrestling show, Jay Vidal. Um, or Jay. Um <laughs> Uh, if you know Jonah, uh, he made his debut, at, uh, I believe, Bound for Glory. Um, and so, uh, no, not Bound for Glory. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think it was the pay-per-view right after that. But Jay Vidal is a, a cruiserweight in in more of his style compared to Jonah. So Jonah got the win there in his first Impact Wrestling Weekly match. Um and then we also got, as I'm going through the results, uh, we did get Violent by Design versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack. This match they've been doing kind of over and over and over again. Rich Swan and Willie Mack won. They were facing Diener and Joe Doring. Um, I am not sure where they're going with this, to be honest. Um, after the match, uh, Violent by Design beat up Rich Swan and Willie Mack. They were saved by Rhino and, um, uh, oh gosh, Rhino and, uh, Heath. 
Um, Tonight's show brought to you by Forgotten Names. Yes. <laughs> That's to be fair, that. this just happened as we are recording. So. Oh no, I we're both doing it. I'm just yes. calling. I'm just calling attention to the fact that yes. we both just are awful on name tonight. We, I do apologize, folks. We both do take our notes. We are. Dusty's not the only one that's this diligent. It's just there's a lot of a lot, and sometimes the brain. Yes, works. yes. And you call me out. I don't. I'm not up to date on my uh, uh, AEW <laughs> and <laughs> WWE. That's why we divide and conquer here. Even yeah. though I can't believe. I'm, you know, not that I can't believe I, I forgot Adam Page's name, because I kept thinking the name, of, the thing that kept coming up in my head was cowboy shit, cowboy shit, cowboy shit. Who does cowboy shit? Cowboy shit. <laughs> right, and that's so, it's, it's a fun thing about his branding, because I was yes. once you once you got stuck in that, that's I couldn't think of his name either until yes. yeah, cowboy shit. So, uh, but also like. I, you know, I do love Impact. I advocate for them highly, you know, but having yeah. Violent by Design versus Rich Swan and Willie Mac again, mm-hmm. I, what are you leading to? What are you leaning to? What are we doing here with this? Please tell me. What I, are we doing I, here? I can't tell you. I uh, have not been up enough on the product to have an idea of what their storyline is, and they're usually – so far in the creative direction that it's harder for me to predict anyway. Yes. They're not doing they're not doing old school wrestling booking, they're doing new creative stuff. Which yes, is, yes. Which is different. Impact but yeah. impact. Um but you yep. know, I mentioned Black Taurus uh through the impact uh, review and he will be one of the wrestlers also at Expo Lucha this June. Yeah. So uh again experience at Lucha House. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Oh, no, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, House. that would be a cool one too. <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, Wrestle House. We can ask. Uh, I just made a thing. Just you just made, made a thing. A thing. <laughs> Copyright, own it, sell it. Um, <laughs> as well as uh, as I talked about earlier in the show with MLW uh, with Oddies, he will be part of uh, Expo Lucha. As well. So, I mean, it feels like every week that we talk about someone, there's always a way to tie that back to Expo Lucha. We have a feeling that as more talents are being announced, there will be more tie-ins to uh, things in the show. So make sure you stay tuned to. Oh, go ahead. Definitely stay tuned. As I was trolling Twitter during the recording of this, they said we're going to get more match announcements coming soon. Yes. So next week's show, we'll have the, the match announcements for you, for sure. Yes. So make sure that you stay tuned to our show. Uh, and thank you so much for listening. That's it for this week. We all made it. We did it without Dusty, which makes me a little sad uh, because <laughs> the show is definitely not the same without him. But we hope he is recovering and he's resting and will be back with us next week, along with all of you listening to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Please make sure you check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre, as well as Lucha Central on social media, uh, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. you got to check out the YouTube page that has hours upon hours of exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and follow us on social media? Brendan, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? 
Absolutely. I am 321 t-shirt guy. That's the numbers. 321 t-shirt guy is all spelled out. And I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook. And I'm all over the Twitters. Yes. And don't forget our friend Dusty Murphy. Uh, you can follow him at Dusty Murphy on the socials, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Uh, me, myself, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook as well. Pretty sure Dusty's on Twitter. Uh, I think his handle is Dusty he's, Murphy. He's never, he's never come out and said he's on Twitter, but he keeps talking about seeing tweets, so. Maybe he's just like me, and he's just like low key. Not that I'm on Twitter because I'm not, but also like a Twitter uh, stalker because I do that. So maybe, maybe I'll have to. It's just hard to resist sometimes. And again, yes. I, I stress this all the time: wrestling Twitter, for the most part, can be a very positive place. It does go to the negative quite a bit that Twitter is prone towards doing, but uh, generally. The wrestlers on Twitter and the wrestling community on Twitter is about being nice and uplifting. So if you are terrified of Twitter because it's normally a toxic place, come check out wrestling Twitter. It might be better than you think. I'm not going to hold my breath on that. Uh, I'm going to hard pass, hard pass on that. Um, I also want to take this opportunity to thank our uh, one of our distributing partners, thechairshot.com. If you are listening to this uh, through thechairshot.com, thank you so much. Also, do not forget to check out thechairshot.com, your place for wrestling news, analysis, sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. Uh, and a, a big shout out to them and all the content that they produce, but also for having us as part of their podcast network as well. Uh, reach out to us again in social medias. If you are listening to this on your favorite podcast streaming platform like Spotify, Podbay, iTunes, Google Play, and much, much more, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe, and that way you get a notification every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know what you think about the show, things you'd like change, things you'd like for us to talk about, not talk about, whatever it may be. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think on either uh, the review portion of however you're listening to it or through us directly on social social media. Uh, thank you all again so much for listening. We will be back with you next week. So for Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much. Oh, yeah.